Welcome back to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast brought to you by Violet Defense. Violet Defense is dedicated to protecting our world from germs by bringing the power of UV disinfection to everyday spaces. Their patented technology enables them to harness the power of the sun to incorporate ultraviolet light into products and environments like never before. Whether you're ready to implement existing products or if you'd like to explore researching and developing a custom deployment of their technology for your school, Violet Defense has the solutions and the experience you need. Thanks again to Violet Defense for sponsoring the Educational AD Podcast. The Educational AD Podcast would also like to thank Varsity Brands featuring BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herf Jones. Varsity Brands elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also want to thank Hometown Ticketing. Hometown Ticketing helps thousands of schools across the country seamlessly provide convenient digital ticketing options for their communities, families, and fans. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. The Educational AD also wants to thank Ephesus Lighting, Booster Digital Displays, Camp Mobile, Vital Signs, and Gipper. Thanks to all of these great sponsors. Welcome back everyone to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest today is Priscilla Russ. Priscilla is the Athletic Director at the Wilkinson County School District in Woodville, Mississippi. And this marks our first visit ever to uh, the state of Mississippi. Priscilla, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. And I look forward to us jumping right in and me sharing my um, AD journey with the rest of the world. Oh, wow. Well, again, we really appreciate you being on the program. Uh, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Where'd you grow up? Um, you know, where'd you go to high school and college? And, and maybe how'd your uh, love of sports get you into this uh, world of athletic administration? Oh, well, I was uh, born in Macomb, Mississippi. I was born and I was raised in a small town called Gloucester, Mississippi. It's in uh, Amick County. And in 1983 is when they closed Gloucester High School and they consolidated uh, Gloucester High School to Amick County High. So in 1983, we moved from Gloucester to Liberty and that's where I reside now. I graduated from Amick County and with the class of 1997. I was supposed to graduate with the class of 98, but uh, at that time they were doing some college credit classes that allowed us to graduate early. So I jumped on board with that because I only needed three classes and uh, my parents figured it was no way that, you know, as educated as I was to come back for three classes my senior year. So I took double English. I took double social studies and I'll having to write the technical report, which 
uh, I did on Michael Jordan and then his sports era because he was big during uh, the 90s and things like that. And I really he really inspired me to really continue with the love of sports because, you know, he was cut when he first tried out, but that didn't stop him. So my love of sports came uh, when I was about 10. Uh, my father, we played Dixie Youth Baseball. And when we moved to Liberty, our yard was big enough for us to actually have a baseball field in our yard. So, <laughs> so that's where I got started with the love of baseball. I was the only girl on the team for one year. And after that year, my father said, oh, no, we're going to cut that off. And then you become the scorekeeper. So I learned how to become the scorekeeper at 11. And so that kind of got me interested more and more into sports. In high school, I was a triathlete. I played softball, basketball, and ran track. Um, my senior year, I received a scholarship to Southwest Community College as a um, that summer. So I went to Southwest that summer and played on the softball team that summer. And in the fall, I went to Southwest. And then in January, I transferred to Alcorn State University and I walked on the softball team at Alcorn and then eventually ended up receiving a full scholarship to the softball program at Alcorn. So um making a transition from slow pitch to fast pitch it was a challenge to say the least and um i became the catcher at all corn i you know became my senior became mvp and it was a you know it was a struggle in the beginning trying to balance you know being on your own and doing your grades and all the training and everything we had to do for athletics so that became a huge adjustment for me but my parents were always in my corner. You know, they were supporting me. My dad never missed a home game in four years. He was there at every home game, you know, rooting for me in the stands. You know, even all through high school, um, him and my mom, they were there in the stands, you know, rooting for me. My dad came to every away game in high school, whether it was uh, softball, basketball, track. He was, you know, I could always look up in the stands and see him in the stands, you know, cheering me on, you know, he was my biggest supporter growing up and in high school. So, you know, I was glad that he continued that on when I got to college. Um, I graduated uh, Orcorn in 2002 with a degree in health science. And after I graduated, I transferred to the University of Mississippi Medical Center in Jackson to pursue phlebotomy. And, you know, I wasn't really focused to continue that part because it's really intense. So I kind of backed out of that and then came back to Oracorn and got my master's degree in teaching. And I got into uh, teaching. My first teaching assignment was Head Start. So I got into Head Start and I quickly rose up the Head Start ladder, becoming a teacher, becoming First, I was an assistant, then I became a teacher, and then I eventually became a center director where I had about um, 140 kids and about uh, 14 teachers that I was over. So I did that for a, a spell. And then there was an opportunity for me to become a second grade teacher. So in uh, January, I left the Head Start era to become a second grade teacher. I was like their fourth second grade teacher. 
So I kind of dove in head first and I loved the, you know, the little kids. And then the next year I taught uh, sixth grade and then I taught ninth grade. So I've been from anywhere from third, second, all the way up to ninth. So I really have a passion for, for students. So to see them blossom and grow into young adults and most of them come back and, you know, it's the thank yous that I get for molding their lives to help them become better citizens and better people in the community. I was actually on the coast during Katrina. So that was really an eye opener for me because growing up in uh, Liberty Gloucester, we don't have hurricanes and to see the devastation that was caused by Katrina and having to evacuate my home, it was really scary, you know, just to be able to, you know, then come back to find our home wasn't damaged. We had some water damage, but it really wasn't like most homes that were on the coast that were really, really just damaged and inhabitable. So that was a plus for us. And then the following year, I moved back home because there was an opening in Gloucester, Mississippi at Gloucester Elementary School. So I came back home and taught fourth grade. And then the following year, they closed Gloucester Elementary and I had to make the transition to Amick County Elementary. So I made the transition to Amick County Elementary. And then um, one of my friends called me and said, well, hey, we have an opening in Wilkeson County. So, you know, it's kind of an unwritten rule, you know, when you're Amick County, you don't take a job in your rival district. So Amy County and Wilkinson County, it's a big rivalry. So I made the transition to Wilkinson County and, you know, to make a name for myself because in Amy County, everybody knew me because both of my parents were in the educational system. So my dad was vocational director. My mom was a teacher. So I basically left Amy County to make a name for myself in Wilkinson County to say, hey, you know, I can do this on my own without my name per se. So I got to Wixon County, I taught elementary, and then I went to middle school and taught one year at the middle school. While at the middle school, I was back in school to uh, receive my master's degree. So it was a tough challenge, you know, being an educator uh, during the day, going to class at night, but I made it. By the grace of God, I made it. And so um, I also that year, the following year, I kind of got involved with technology, with the technology portion of athletics. Uh, I ran the timing system for track. I took scores and I did the, the basketball clock and things like that. So that's how I kind of got into athletics in Wilkeson County. Then the following year in Wilkeson County, I became um, middle school girls basketball coach. Whew. Girls are tough. You know, because uh, they really have no foundation in basketball. So if you want to become a middle school girls coach, you have to have that dedication because those girls, they don't know anything about basketball. So you really have to start from scratch and put your all in all into it to get them to love the game and then continue once they go to high school, because once they go to high school, boys come into play. So you really have to build that foundation in middle school to get them to love the game of basketball. And so the following year, I made the transition to the boys. 
So now instead of teaching girls, I was now the boys middle school basketball coach. So we did very well that year. And right now I'm still coaching middle school boys. So um, yes, it's tough being a woman coaching young men, you know, because um, you have to teach them to respect a woman that's in authority. You know, guys, they're rough around the edges. They they play ball all the time. And, you know, you have to change their street ball mentality to a team ball situation. So I, I love what I do being the middle school coach. And then there was an opportunity before I became AD. I wanted to become the assistant athletic director. So when the time came for me to transition to the athletic director position, I would have a little training and things like that. But um, God came into play when I wanted to become the, the assistant, the AD left. So that threw me right into the athletic director uh, spectrum. And I've enjoyed my ride ever since then. It's been three years since I became athletic director in Wixon County. And I, I love being around the student athletes. I love, you know, seeing their progression from middle school to high school and ultimately seeing them sign those scholarships on the dotted line. There's no greater love for me than seeing these students extend their educational journey to uh, college, JUCO. And, you know, a lot of them come back and they give to the athletic program. So which is a good thing for us being a small 3A school. So it's good for those students to come back and share their stories with our student athletes. And um, I have a great coaching staff there at Wilson County. They connect with various um, big athletes. We had a visit from Kansas City Chiefs. We had uh, uh, Ward. Uh, Ward came down and visited our football team and gave a great motivational speech to our student athletes, which really got them pumped for the year. So that has really carried over. And uh, our coaches are working hard to get those students ready for the upcoming season. With COVID-19, it's it really changes a lot of mindsets in the way you're going into your season because now you have a different avenue to make sure that your students athletes are protected. Number one is they are protected and they don't carry COVID-19 back to their families, back to their younger siblings. So now that plays a part in the back of my mind. How can I continue to keep those athletes and their families safe? You know, some may not like the fact that we can't have you in the gym this game because of COVID, but, you know, we still do our best to have those games broadcasted so they can watch, you know, their student athlete perform. But I know it's taxing on uh, parents when they can't physically be in the gym to cheer their, their, their child on because I know how it would feel if my dad couldn't be there to, you know, to cheer me on when I was in high school and, Unfortunately, um, last year, I lost my dad in December uh, to COVID. So um, I still remember, you know, the things that he taught me growing up. And I have to stick to those values because at the end of the day, you know, my thing is I have to make him proud. You know, I know he's watching me and still, you know, he, he talks to me. You know, it's, it's funny because I was uh, I had a little situation. And I walked into the office and the papers and things start flying on the wall. And everybody was like, Ms. Russ, tell your daddy you are okay. 
So, you know, I said, you know, dad, I'm okay. And then instantly all the papers stopped flying. They was like, man, that's creepy. That is so creepy. But, you know, um, I still carry him with me daily. I carry his work badge behind my work badge. And um, I have his picture riding with me in the car, you know, just as that extra adder added up protection that I know, you know, he's there walking this journey with me, but he may not be there physically, but he's there spiritually walking and, and continually guiding me. You know, my mom, she is still, she part-times in the educational system. So we work at the same school. <laughs> so it's, um, you know, it's great to have her still there, you know, that I can go to if I need any questions with for as um in the classroom and I teach technology which is the class that she retired in ironically so now I'm teaching the class she retired in so it's you know it's a great deal you know my superintendent Mr. Uh, Travis L. Bradford he's very supportive of athletics he's been a great mentor to me and so I kind of understand you know where he wants me to be in my educational career. He he guides me, he gives me guidance. He was there for me, you know, when my father died. And so it's just great to see the family um, variation that we have in Wilson County. We are truly one big family there in Wilson County. You know, once you're an outsider and you come in and you get that camaraderie and that niche within them, they truly look out for you. So I've been blessed so far in this educational journey. This and we're looking to great do great things in Wilson County. We're looking to show the world, hey, this is our small corner of the world, and great things are happening in Wilson County. Well, I, I just love to hear all these stories. Uh, they're just so cool, and I, I find myself thinking about the con connections and similarities. You know, my first uh, coaching experience was with you know middle school girls, and you're and you're right. You know, it is. Uh, different from boys. Uh, it, just great, great stuff. Um, quick question. Um, we, um, we always talk about in our profession, the importance of leadership and mentorship. And one of the questions I ask our ADs is, you know, who are some of the mentors in your life? I'm going to guess, you know, your dad was certainly one of them, along with your mom, who's, you know, certainly part of the profession. Who are some of your other mentors, either coaches or uh, maybe people that you worked with? Uh, the expression I like to use is I still hear those voices in my head when I'm working with a, a kid or a coach or a parent. So besides your dad, uh, whose voice do you still hear? Uh, I still hear his voice. And then I had a college coach at Alcorn called Mr. Lewis Jones. And his philosophy was kill a net with a sledgehammer. So, I mean, I still hear that in the back of my mind, you know, when, when times get tough, he was always be like, you got to kill a net with a sledgehammer. And, you know, it's still good that he's still around and I can still call him, you know, when times get tough and that bond that we have is a, is a special bond, you know, because once you graduate from college, there are not many college coaches that will continue to check on you throughout your life to see really how things are going in your life. So I really uh, appreciate Coach Jones and all the lessons that he has taught me on the college level. And then in high school, I had a coach named Ernest Dunlap. And Ernest Dunlap, he was a special, uh, special guy. Him and my dad, they were best friends. And uh, Coach Dunlap, he would be always say, if you can't do your all, don't do it at all. 
So he kind of pushed us to make sure that we were at the top of our game, you know, whether it was in life or whether it was on the um, athletic court. And then I had a coach named Coach Charlie Floyd. Coach Floyd actually hired me in Wilkinson County. He was on the school board when I put my application in. So uh, Coach Floyd is still around. He still gives me, you know, me advice when I see him here and there. You know, he was um, in Amy County. We had the, we were state champions in track. So he really gave me some great advice. You know, it's always about putting your student athletes first and making sure that they are where they need to be, you know, where they need to be when they need to be. If they need help in a class, you are the one that they have to sit down and talk to and say, hey, I need help with the class. So I always at the beginning of the year tell the student athletes, if you need me, my door is open. Don't wait to the end where I can't help you. So if you're running into a problem midway during the year, you know, pull me to the side and say, hey, coach, I'm having a problem with such and such class. And, you know, we try to work with the teachers and work with the students so they can go on in life. So this year we've instituted weekly progress reports with our student athletes to kind of help them so they can see if they're falling in some areas and they can say, hey, I got a work a little harder in this class or, hey, coach, I need help in this class. You know, I try to teach all the coaches, hey, be approachable. You know, we never know what these student athletes are going through in life. Sometimes their problems are bigger than the problems we have. So I always instill be approachable, you know, do what you can do to make sure that these students are success, successful on and off the field. You know, at the end of the day, yes, we all want to win, but winning in life is more important than winning on the field. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, glad to hear you doing that type of program. For listeners, we are visiting with Priscilla Russ, who's the athletic director at the Wilkinson County School District in Woodville, Mississippi. We're going to come back, but now we're going to hear from our podcast sponsor, Violet Defense. Once again, we want to thank Violet Defense for sponsoring the Educational AD Podcast. Violet Defense is dedicated to protecting our world from germs by bringing the power of UV disinfection to everyday spaces. Their patented technology enables them to harness the power of the sun to incorporate ultraviolet light into products and environments like never before. Whether you're ready to implement existing products or if you'd like to explore researching and developing a custom deployment of their technology for your school, Violet Defense has the solutions and the experience you need. Thanks again to Violet Defense for sponsoring the Educational AD Podcast. We're back with Priscilla Russ, Athletic Director at the Wilkinson County School District in Woodville, Mississippi. Priscilla, one of the things we like to do with the podcast is this idea of sharing best practices. So you already talked to us about the progress reports with the, which you do with your students. What are some other things that you've done at your school with your coaches and your kids that you're particularly proud of? Um, one thing we've done this year with our high school football team, we have a youth football league that's in our area. So uh, this year we met with our youth coaches and um, 
created like a feeder program for our young athletes and our high school athletes. They serve as mentors to those young athletes who are just now, who are six years old, who are just getting into uh, football. So we shared our rules with the coaches so they can incorporate the same rules with their young team. So once they leave that youth football ram and transfer over to our middle school, the program is seamless. So that's one of the things that we worked hard this year to incorporate with our youth uh, football league because we're trying to save our youth because um, in Wilkinson County, there are not a lot of activities for our youth to, to do. So our youth uh, football league is one of those activities and we wanna harness those youth and keep them into um, sports because eventually, ultimately, sports may save someone's life. So that's our big thing is getting um, those youth and our high school players together so they can talk about certain things. You know, uh, sometimes youth can't talk to their parents, but hey, I got a big right. brother I can talk to about certain things. So that was near and dear to my heart because uh, my nephew is now six. So he is signed up for the youth football league. So um, I got involved with the youth football league, you know, because of him, you know, because I want to see what it entails. So, um, you know, I'll be there on the sidelines with the youth football league and just, you know, making sure that our high school players are there supporting uh, these youth because ultimately it is about giving back to our youth and making sure that our youth are protected. and. Um, also, what we do is I know at the middle school, uh, we have movie night. So we we go out uh, to watch a movie, you know, of their choice. We take them to uh, basketball games. It's just building a sense of teamwork and a sense of trust, you know, because uh, with middle school students, the trust is not always there because they are just getting started. So not so much as the, at the high school level, because you know they've all been playing since they started their middle school journey. But middle school, um, for my future coaches, you know, ADs, you have to put a lot of time in your middle school. Because to me, that's where your foundation lies, is with your middle school students and getting those students to love uh, playing sports and so they can continue on so it won't be so hard for the high school coaches to have to go back and teach blocking teach proper shooting techniques you know that foundation in middle school is so important so I try to put a lot of emphasis on our middle school students and getting them to work together as a team getting them to trust one another getting them to develop proper fundamentals. So a lot of our coaches, we work hand in hand together. Our, all of our football, middle school football boys, they play basketball to keep in shape for the upcoming season. And then, you know, when spring comes, they work out with the high school students. So we're just kind of trying to build on the family aspect because, you know, um, like I said before, family is big for, for everyone because at the end of the day, you know, students, if they can't talk to their parents, they have to talk to somebody. You know, I tell them all the time, don't, if you're going through something, don't hold it in to where it gets to the point where you're exploding 
on the field, off the field, you, you have this anger with you. So before we get to that point, let's talk about whatever is going on in your life so we can help you get out of that situation and try to get you in a better situation. We're also going to start our Fellowship of Christian Athletes this year. I have two uh, great pastors who are going to spearhead our Fellowship of Christian Athletes. We have a pastor on our, we were blessed to get a pastor on our coaching staff this year at the high school. So uh, he will be handling the high school aspect. And then I have a great youth pastor who's gonna be handling our middle school aspect. So we're just trying to get our children exposed to different aspects and let them know, hey, you know, just trust us. We're not gonna lead you astray. So, you know, I have an athlete now who's, battling trying to decide whether they want to play sports or not because their grandmother was their sounding ear grandma asked them to play sports you know they would play sports so grandma died this summer so mom called me was like well miss russ can you talk to him to see if you can get him to participate in sports so i you know i called and listened to him you know he cried and i you know i told him i said you know the way you honor your grandma is get back out there you know, get back out there and participate in sports. You know, um, I have high school athletes now. Miss Rush, you coming to the game, right? Yeah, I'm going to be there. You know, and, you know, I had them when they were in middle school. So they still look for me in the stands, you know, or on the sidelines or after the game. They'll call, Miss Rush, how did I do? How did I do? Did you see this play? Did you? So I have to be very attentive you know, while I'm at the game, because they're going to ask, was I there? Even if it's 50 miles away, I still, you know, I'm still there to support them no matter what they do. You know, I, I tell them all the time, you know, even in life, you know, when life gets you down, you still have to get back up. The biggest part in life is if you fall, get back up, don't stay down. <laughs> There we go. Uh, I love uh, the idea. I'm gonna try that again. There we go. Uh, I love the idea of reaching out to the middle school kids and making those connections, not just as you talked about technique wise, but also those life connections, you know, with the coaches that they're gonna see down the road, um, you know, successful programs, you know, big school, small school, I think they always have that program approach where the kids coming in as freshmen, they've been taught uh, those fundamentals that you spoke of uh, at the middle school level, boys and girls, great stuff. Well, Priscilla, this time has flown by, but we still have a couple segments we want to get to. Um, one question uh, that I've been asking the athletic directors I've met with during the last year revolves around this issue of you know, social awareness and social justice. And my question is this, what are some things that we can do as athletic administrators? What are some things that we can do better uh, regarding being socially aware for our kids in our communities? Uh, you got something you can you know share with us quickly? Um, what I do for my student athletes, I make sure they share their Twitter handles uh, if they have Facebook, they share with me their Facebook handles. And what I try to do is monitor those things very closely because I know that one post, one tweet sometimes can destroy you. 
So I try to make sure that there's nothing out there that would deter them from getting a scholarship that's on their Twitter handle. I have outsiders who watch their Twitter handles, who watch their uh, Facebook and things like that. So, and then I have college coaches come in, you know, to talk to them and be like, hey, this is one thing that we're monitoring. So you might want to be aware of what you are posting, what you are tweeting. You know, uh, when Facebook first came out, my dad sent me a friend request. I'm like, I'm not accepting that friend request. Oh no. So he would bug me every day. Did you get my friend request? Did you get my friend request? So finally I accepted the friend request and that was one of the greatest things that I did because, um, you know, by him watching my Facebook page and things that I would post, he made me aware, you know, your job is watching your Facebook post. So I, I did a post and ultimately I shared this with my kids. That post um, didn't get me a job. You know, even though I shared it with some, I shared what somebody else wrote and ultimately that share lost me a job. So I always share that with my kids and be like, hey, just be conscientious of what you, what you post, you know, your mom or dad, you know, if they're getting on you about what you post, it's not all bad, you know, because they see things from a different perspective other than what you type out on the screen. So I, we try to monitor that very closely and talk to the students constantly about their image, what they do out when they're not with us, because you never know who's watching you. Oh, absolutely. What a great idea. You know, I've heard coaches talk about uh, not using social media or telling their students, you know, not to use it, which I, I just don't think is realistic. So, you know, being able to monitor and, and, and kind of help them uh, understand that what they post out there does have uh, an impact. Well, Priscilla, uh, again, this has just been great getting to know you a little bit, but we're not done yet. We always <laughs> right. like to wrap That's... up with what we call the new athletic director's toolbox. So uh, you certainly got a, a strong background in sports as a participant, as a coach, and now as an athletic director. But what I'm going to do is challenge you to send out a brand new athletic director on the very first job. But I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. What three items are going to go in Priscilla Russ's athletic director toolbox? Number one, get you a calendar. Because those dates, times, meetings, they will sneak up on you. So get you a calendar, get organized. Number two, find you someone to talk to. Because uh, sometimes our ideas, we have to bounce them off others. So get you someone to talk to so your ideas can kind of bounce off each other and you're not out there trying to make decisions on your own. Um, final thing for a new athletic director, I would say develop relationships um, because you can't make changes and run a program all on your own. Um, develop relationships with your coaches, with your parents, with your student athletes, because at the end of the day, um, those relationships will carry you in the long run. So those would be three things that I would share with new athletic directors. And then if there's a mentor, um, an older athletic director that you can become friends with, I would advise you to uh, pick their brains 
um, you know, ask them questions. So, you know, you were not making split decisions that would hurt our athletic uh, programs. We, all, we always want to build on programs. So I would find a, a older athletic director who's been in the game for a little while and become their friend, ask them would they mentor you and just, you know, pick their brains because they've been through situations that we haven't even scratched the surface of going through. So um, those are some things that I would advise new athletic directors to do because um, it's a it's a horse of a different color when you uh, step into an administrative role because you have to change your mindset and we have to change the way we talk to people. You know, you can't approach everybody the same. So you have to have some compassion uh, for others. And that's just one of the biggest things I've learned um, is being an athletic director is being compassionate and having a uh, passion for what you do. You know, at the end of the day, we all wanna have our name in the lights, but ultimately have you, what have you done? What is going to be your legacy when you step down from being an athletic director? Are you gonna have a positive legacy or will that legacy be negative? My goal is to have a positive legacy and touch as many student athletes lives as I possibly can. Great, great advice. You know, get a calendar, be organized, uh, find that mentor and uh, establish those relationships. Very cool stuff. Priscilla, if one of our listeners wanted to reach out and pick your brain, you know, what's the best way that they can get in touch with you? Um, I have emails, uh, which is at prus at wilkinsonk12.org. I have Facebook, um, Priscilla Russ. Uh, that's my Facebook uh, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. Um, if they send me an email, I'll reach back out to them. You know, if they need my personal contact information to pick my brain, I sure will uh, get back with them because, you know, that's how I started. You know, it's, it's picking someone else's brain, uh, talking to other people and say, hey, I, I'm thinking about becoming an athletic director. So, you know, I was fortunate. I have a cousin who is at Alcorn, who is the compliance officer. So I get a lot of things from him. And uh, he told me that, you know, you never can have too much education when it comes to athletics. So um, my next venture is to become NCAA certified compliance. So, and um, I'm also going to be working on getting my uh, PhD. So those are things that I'm striving for. So uh, to young athletes, never settle. Continue to strive to be the best that you can, can be. And when you fall down, sometimes you will. It's always important to get back up. Make sure your, your directors, your superintendents, your board members, you win them over. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, they're going to have to support you as well. So it's always important to build those relationships. I'm, I'm big on building relationships, you know, because um, you can't do it by yourself. There's no way that you can change a mindset of a program on your own. You will go crazy. So build, build relationships, 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 relationships. Those, that's my key thing is building those relationships and bringing, bringing families, communities, towns together because sports sometimes is the glue that holds everything together. So without those relationships, I mean, my gosh, I don't know where I would be without 
um, relationships with our school board, with our superintendent, with our principals, you know, just having those weekly meetings with those people and telling them, hey, this is what we're doing in athletics. You know, it kind of have everybody on the same page. We hold quarterly at um, coaches meetings. So, you know, coaches can give us, give me what their upcoming plan is. If they run into a snag, you know, they know, hey, they can call me. Um, they can text me. My, you know, my office is open for them because, you know, my job is to essentially make their job easier. So I tell them, you know, give me what I can do to make your job easier. So um, you gotta be approachable. So those are just some things, you know, I, I love. But once again, my email is uh, pruss at wilkinsonk12.org. If anybody wants to pick my brain, please reach out. I'm all about, um, you know, building athletic directions because you never know who may need who. So just just reach out i'll be glad to talk to anybody on their athletic journey no i appreciate you sharing and again you know you and i connected through the niaa portal so uh the information's out there too priscilla russ wilkinson county school district thanks so much for being on the podcast today thanks so much for having me it's been a pleasure um if i can help you any any way do another podcast let me know this has been this has been a nice educational journey for me as far as being in the school system and being an athletic director. Oh, well, we loved having you on and you know we appreciate you being the one to uh, be our first visit to Mississippi. For our listeners, remember the Zoom recordings of these interviews are being uploaded to the Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. Thanks for listening. Come back again next time for another episode of the Educational AD.